Well, recently, the BC Real Estate Association and uh, various uh, housing organizations uh, called on Victoria to establish a permanent housing roundtable uh, to address the challenges of the housing crisis in Vancouver and throughout this province. They wanted to get uh, the municipal, provincial, federal and Indigenous governments uh, working together uh, and have a permanent panel that would look at some of the challenges that are there when it comes to providing affordable housing for the residents of British Columbia. Joining me to talk about the issue is Trevor Hargraves. He's a Senior Vice President of Government Relations, Marketing and Communications at the BC Real Estate Association. Trevor, thank you for joining us. Thanks much for having me today. Uh, why is there a need for this roundtable? And we've discussed these issues around housing for a very long time. Why do you think we need this permanent organization? You know, I think it's important to note right off the top, government do consult. They do meet with groups and talk to them, but it tends to be very linear about specific things. Uh, what we're wanting to see is a big roundtable, a roundtable that's drawing from expertise of, of profit housing, of nonprofit housing, Indigenous voices, all kinds of groups, but very carefully chosen to bring their own expertise to the table so that government aren't left to their own devices having to solve these issues, but better draw from the private sector's expertise and work collaboratively. Uh, that implies that the government is a other, and I mean, by government I mean the provincial government or even municipal government, is ignoring some of these groups, uh, whether from the private sector, Indigenous communities, um, uh, other advocacy groups. Are you, are you saying that these the government is, to a certain degree, ignoring uh, some of these groups? I would say that they view housing as a crisis, and I think we all do. And the EB administration in particular has been pushing very hard and should be very much commended for doing so. But in moving very quickly, they are at times skipping doing their due diligence. They're not properly consulting. They're not making sure that new policies don't have unforeseen consequences. They're not taking their time to walk and, and talk to the right groups before they announce these things. So it's it's not that there aren't new ideas. Uh, I think the real problem here is that we just need a process to be testing these ideas before they're announced, before they go public. So these announcement that we, announcements that we heard from Mr. Eby, uh, his housing minister, Ravi Kailan, do you think they're a bit of a bull in a china store in regards to here's a shiny new announcement, here's what we think the problem is, here's how we're going to solve it, but they haven't dealt with the BC Real Estate Association or other groups? I mean, it does seem, from my understanding from what I'm hearing from you, is that uh, the government is not doing enough consultation, that it is just sort of a one-way conversation at this point. There, There is consultation, but what we want to see is much more holistic consultation. So using my own organization as an example, the BC Real Estate Association, the government does talk to us, but what we would like to see is more thorough discussions. So it's not just us, it's a host of other organizations, and so that we have time to both analyze policy and provide written feedback, but then to collectively gather. Uh, a good example very rarely have I ever been invited to attend anything where nonprofit organizations have their policy people at the other side of the table to be sharing their perspectives on things. And by working more holistically, at the end of the day, we can beta test new ideas and make sure before it goes public, it's, it's much more sound. So it's not that they don't consult, it's that it can be done in a more thorough manner. What does your organization tell government in regards to making um, housing affordable and that there be more housing, that there be an increase in supply. What, do you, what kind of advice have you been giving the government? Well, the two things that we were long fighting for that I'm very happy to see come into effect, number one, identifying the fact that it is a supply issue and that we don't have enough supply. So to the government's great credit over the last few years, they've really turned their lens to addressing that. You know, Prior to that, it was issues of 
potential foreign investment or money laundering or, or issues that, not to say they, they aren't existent within the market, but they're not the driving force. The driving force of affordability here is lack of supply. Uh, the, the other aspect that we've really been pushing them on is around municipal engagement and showing leadership to pressure communities to recognize that no matter what neighborhood you live in within this province and within this country, a housing crisis is a housing crisis from here to Newfoundland. Your neighborhood, your community is not exempt from that. And municipalities need to move faster with their approval processes. They need to move faster in being accepting of the fact that they have a role in this in a national scope and really trying to push back against that nimbyistic perspective of not in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. uh, to really get communities to address this collectively. I just had the uh, chair of the Vancouver School Board on the program prior to uh, our interview. And uh, Victoria Jung was telling me that uh, they've got they're dealing with the budget presently and uh, they have over 50,000 students. But. Uh, they're they're seeing a slow, long-term decline in Vancouver of kids uh, since 1997, and they're actually looking at perhaps uh, uh, you know get rid- getting rid of some excess or surplus land and property. And it's not a, across the whole board, but they have some challenges in regards to budgeting in regards to what they have. Um, can government do enough? Because because it seems to me that on the policy side, yes, they could probably do a few things. But we didn't get into this crisis, you know, a year or two years. This has been a multi generational walk into oblivion, and not just here in BC and other parts of Canada as well. It's going to take a generation or two to get out of it. Is am I wrong in my assessment? Do you think we can do it faster? I think it's certainly going to take a handful of years. And you know, a, a desperate public are always looking for there to be one magic bullet idea that's going to solve the whole issue. It, it, that is never going to be the case. I think what you need to be doing right now is staving off the price increases and then really trying to level things out so that over time, as you have inflation and wages grow, those prices start to moderate. But it, uh, it's a real challenge. Credit to the provincial government. They've been treating it very seriously and coming up with a lot of new ideas our perspective is that the private sector, the nonprofit sector, there are many voices out there that have a lot of ideas to also contribute. And rather than just leaving it to policy people within a given ministry, 40 different groups all working collaboratively, we take this just as seriously as the government does. And there's a lot of ideas that aren't being adequately heard at this point. Um, is it, I mean, when, when you talk about supply, um, it, is, seems, it seems to me that there's a generational change that has to occur in mindset that the idea of a single family home neighborhood, and I'm not, and I'm not against one, I live in a single family home, uh, but it's going to be impossible, especially in, in the cities like Vancouver, uh, for us to talk about density, talk about supply specifically, and think that we can just do that with single-family homes. It almost seems to me that the broader conversation also has to be about, uh, you know, three-bedroom townhomes, three-bedroom condos, uh, the non-traditional housing um, that we perhaps don't talk about enough, that we cannot do this doing it the old-fashioned way, which is single-family home neighbourhoods. You're absolutely right, and that's something that we're really pushing for, and, and you're hitting the nail right on the head. It's we regard it as the missing middle, right? It's these properties where there's a lot of condos that have been built. They're one-bedroom, maybe they're two-bedroom, but there's a real drought of three-bedroom accommodation right across this province. Uh, and then simultaneously pushing for densification along transit corridors and looking at rezoning and opening up things like secondary suites within a pre-existing home. There's many different ways, and the government are looking at this to their credit and taking some steps forwards, but really trying to take the existing community structure and try to incentivize 
building more and building really to service the needs of the community in as quick and efficient a manner as possible. Mm-hmm. How uh, confident are you that the government's going to put together uh, a roundtable that has private sector, public sector groups, uh, governments actually uh, sitting down and figuring this out? Uh, I would say it's a challenge because it's a lot of logistics and it's a lot of hard work for them at the end of the day. Uh, I think it's difficult for the housing minister. I think he has 100 people coming at him every day with 100 different ideas. The trick here is not to get lost in all of these different concepts and and, and different ideas, but to have filters for them. And I think a carefully chosen roundtable representing sectoral expertise and, and, frankly, just policy experts within the housing sector I think that is actually something that can help amplify their efforts rather than hinder it. So mm-hmm. while it's extra work, you know, I, I, I think the thing that's really worth noting here in terms of what we were asking for next week, or sorry, last week, this was not a request coming from the BC Real Estate Association. This was a request coming from 10 different organizations within the housing spectrum, uh, organizations that represent both for-profit and non-profit. So this is something that's being recognized as a problem right across the housing continuum. We're all seeing it multi-organizationally. It's a shared concern. So I'm really hoping that he'll be listening to this in the weeks to come. Yeah. Trevor, thanks for your time. Thank you.